BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, welcome. Life let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know, that's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? Hey, hey there. Wow. It's not always easy. It's amazing if you think about it. Let's think about it. This strange. I have some thoughts about that. Life is hard. Trauma bonded. So I listened to this episode with Scott, and that was like, that gave me like an interesting, different perspective because he was commenting that he started to get into boobies when he was like nine. Like the same age that started happening to our anonymous storyteller. Yeah. And his perspective initially was interesting because he's like, I feel like at nine, I would have been like so excited to like have boobies available to me. But then when we when I pressed him farther on it, I said, but what if it was a caregiver who was sort of akin to your older sister or your second mom and he was started making faces and then I said and honestly you're a child like you in your head you might think that you're into boobies but more it's more fantastical right you see them in magazines you're like oh my god boobies but if you're presented yeah. with the the physical you know touching of an adult woman an actual that, person and comes up to you yeah, and you're being a child, you being a child, I think that you would have ran out of the room crying to your mom. I don't think he I don't think he could have handled the emotional gravitas that came with that kind of intimacy, even though he really liked boobies. So I think it was interesting to listen to him or watch him sort of come around to the idea that a male's first reaction might be oh good for you you know you got boobies as a kid but then when he really thought about it as an adult man and like really tried to put himself in that place as a child he also recognized that he wouldn't have enjoyed the boobies yeah a hundred percent i mean maybe he's saying that as an adult might have had those thoughts as a nine-year-old but that's a whole different situation that yeah, I think but it yeah. actually is happening. It is interesting when you said he would have cried and gone to his mommy. Yeah. Um, but our so story didn't. Well, I mean, also we have to factor in that there there was a gradual mm-hmm. conditioning, grooming that occurred with yeah. the storyteller that before he knew it, things slid into serious. And it felt like, as he put it, a new normal. But I think if it would have been like just a rushed, like here's a full grown woman's body 
I think that yeah. would, would scare most children. Also, I would caution just because I feel like a caution, a little caution there because I mean, the responses he got when he started to feel like he could actually share it, like having a therapist be like, dude, you were getting some. It's like, yeah. like you're not, let's go a little bit deeper here because you're yeah, just. what kind of therapist is this? I have no, it's like, so the whole thing like was just awful. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's our opening bit. I, I don't know. Okay. That's let's do the intro. also <laughs> very disturbing. To, the whole thing. Everything it's we're so saying, disturbing. I can't even, it's like awful. I won't it's get horrible. into it, but open it up. I like, I don't even know how to talk. I have so many notes, Good. but it's just, this one was a hard one. It was hard. It was really difficult. The hardest one. I think for me, it's the hardest one. Difficult. Yeah. Difficult one. Um, okay. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg here with Therese Garcia. Oh, hello. And today we're discussing episode 267 of This Is Actually Happening. What if you were forced to keep the nanny's secret? Born to an affluent Mormon family, a boy befriends a rotating set of nannies that help raise him and become part of the family union. The union. Union. To You know, when he. Union. But his favorite nanny starts playing games that reveal darker intentions. And full disclosure, I am the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and I have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to WIT for the final interview. This show, Trauma Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy, and also, hopefully, a bit of levity. T. Love a TT. What stuck That's out to you? That's what they call me. The... <laughs> Love TT. What stuck out to you as the heart of the story? You're always good with these. I don't know. I that was so. Oh, you know, you're. I appreciate you saying that. I this one was so difficult. You're welcome. Thank you. I just I couldn't think of anything else but thinking about protecting him as a kid, as a, as a mom, like thinking about Arlo, you know, thinking about Rex, Evie, yeah. just like, uh, like, I don't even know. I couldn't even get past into some kind of like, what's the heart of the story? Let's talk about the story. Like, it was just like, I need to protect my kid, you know? Yeah. Um, We've been talk we talk about this even prior to this podcast about like, you know, you're in charge of your body, you know. If he doesn't want to hug, you don't gotta hug. If you don't want to kiss somebody, you don't have to kiss somebody, that kind of thing. These so are always trying to that you talk to your kids about. Yeah. We're always your body. Yeah. Yeah. And um if they don't want to do something, they don't gotta do it. You know? That's wise. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're doing that. I'm also like, there's such, you know, the, um, the guy, what, what do we call the people? 
Anonymous storyteller. The anonymous storyteller, like we could had give to him hide a name if you want. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's kind of like weird. Joe. The anonymous. Joe. I guess I could say it. You know, the anonymous storyteller, like um, AS ass the ass um that doesn't as the anonymous storyteller you know had to hide this terrible terrible secret um and probably was pretty good at hiding it but it came through in different ways and it just makes me think like i also just want to be really aware if there's a sudden personality change, some sadness there. I don't know what his mom's perspective is here other than um, she's the worst. But also I just want to know what um, what her perspective was like live when it was happening, like when he was 10. She's well, also the worst. Like I'm usually not judgmental, yeah. but like the worst person ever. Like <laughs> anyway, well, being aware of the red flags, right? Like. A nanny behind closed doors with a kid. So you're saying, well, let's talk about that. But you're saying the heart of the story is protect your kids, teach your kids about About consent, consent, autonomy, agency, and then Mm -hmm. be fucking vigilant. Look around at the, as a parent, you should look at the adults and changes in your kids, but look at the adults around them and what kind of access they have. I to mean, their, to yeah. I mean, under the covers behind closed doors. Yeah. That's definitely a red flag, right? Now me. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I would definitely be like, yes, that's agreed. not, let's not do that. And you need to get out of my house. So I'm not a parent. So I was able to be a little bit more loosey goosey with the heart. Cause yours is oh, like good. rigid. I can't. You're mad. Like my heart hurts. Yes. Yeah. And and I, I ache for him too, but probably in a way that I'll never understand the way that you do. But I think something that he talked about early on that really stuck out to me is, and it was just kind of a throwaway sentence, but it, it spoke to me a lot. He says um, he liked having an au pair or nanny around because – it made the home feel more social, more open, more accepting. Yes. And, and it got me thinking about being a kid in our house and the idea of having company over, like having company over was this very special, sacred sort of thing. And it was always treated like it was a a special treat and the house got cleaned and food was put out and you know, dressed and all of this stuff. And it, and then when the company was over, it changed the dynamic of the household. Everyone was sort of on their best behavior. Any kind of internal family squabbling was, was crushed for that moment. Everyone put on a good face. There was this uh, air of accountability and it made everything a little bit lighter and fun because there's something when you close the door, when families are really insular and they don't have a lot of um, 
place in a community or have people come to the home, especially when shit's bad in a household, it makes everything feel that much heavier, right? Because Mm -hmm. no one is seeing, no one is glimpsing in and seeing what's going on behind closed doors. I mean, people could also make the argument that when you have company over, you're just putting on a facade and it's a different thing. But when you have someone living in your house for an extended period of time, like, I think it does open up a lightness. So for him to sort of have that, like... stolen from him i mean it's like she ruined everything from like welcoming outsiders into your home to your home because she lived there and she was an outsider so it's like every single part of your life um feels unsafe yeah um i was gonna do this later but i feel like it's appropriate Hmm. now let's play oh (laughs) <laughs> Another bad mother. Oh. I can never remember like what we always call it. We'll yeah, yeah. Different every time. Another bad. Here's another bad mother. Let's That's analyze fun. all the ways that his mother failed. Okay, let's do. That's fun. It might be a little bit judgmental. Sorry, but I'm like rarely judgmental. Be- It'll be therapeutic, I think, T. I think you need to get some shit out. Like, let's talk about all oh the ways. Oh, my gosh. Wait, let's do it back and forth. Let's start listing the ways that his mother failed him. I'll start. Okay. Um, that she hired strangers to be her friends. Yeah, isn't that funny? Like, my support. best friend is someone that I pay to hang out with yeah. me and my yeah. kids. Like that's I weird. It's weird. Yeah. Because talk about like a weird icky dynamic, you know. I mean, and eventually got to the point where this bitch was asleep in her her room, not doing housework, not minding the kids. In fact, you know, at one point when when he finds her after her quote unquote first suicide yes. attempt, and the quote from his mother was, "We haven't seen the nanny in a couple of days." Like that's what? so she's just like hanging. Yeah. The other thing is like, oh, now that we know that she tried to kill herself, let's keep her in the house. Yeah. Around the kids. Yeah. It's got to be the grandparents that need to identify. Like maybe she needs help. Good. And also, yeah. Grandparents. Finally, some fucking words of wisdom. Like maybe she shouldn't be around. And then, you know, and 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 wondering about our storyteller, like to discover someone that is he's coming out of the room saying she's dead and he's having no emotional reaction to it. And that doesn't. That's not another red flag. Like maybe this is this is hard for him, whether or not it's not or it isn't. It is like there's something going on up in. His yeah. brain. We need to. He has a, he's not having an emotional reaction. Should be yeah. A red. That's flag. a definitely What's red flag. Wrong with our kid? Yeah, he's not reacting to something that's very serious and very dark. And then to keep on going, and then and then it sounds like they would have kept it going if not for the wisdom of these grandparents. Yeah, going hello. Okay, what this else? Doesn't seem right. Oh yeah. Oh um. Hey. After finding out, she's sorry. You know, she's, she's sorry, really sorry and she forgets. She has amnesia. She totally forgot she's about really it. Sorry, and she's suicidal about it. So, so we if could we just... could just 
<laughs> if you could just call her. Oh, be nice about it. Talk it out. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, someone's hammering. Oh, um, it's just it's ridiculous. What is it? Talk it out, she says something. Talk it out. It'll be fine. Talk it out and be friends. Get over it. You don't want her to die because you can't get over your abuse. I feel like <laughs> sometimes things just need to be reset to people to frame it for exactly what it is. Like, for example, when his ex-wife said to, said to him, you were raped. How did that make you feel? Because that was the first time and the only time we heard the word rape in this yeah. episode. What? Yeah. How, like for me, it 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 whoa! It like pierced my heart. Just like that word, so charged. Yeah. What? How did it make you feel when when she said that in the episode, or when he said that she said that? Again, so many feelings, right? But I think one was like, thank goodness for her, like yeah. to say it, to say the truth. And to have him hear it, and and you usually hear it when it happens to a woman, right? Yeah. So when you like, it was interesting in my brain to be like, oh my god, truth. That is the truth of what happened, but we haven't said that word. Yeah. Um, and well, to I have it slap me in the face. When you have been a victim of that, it is hard to characterize it as that. Mm. Even he himself, he kept trying to minimize it right every mm -hmm. time it was minimized by an adult he tried to minimize it within himself this that big deal i'm overreacting you know it's fine but to have it framed in that way that is truth but is hard to hear and then ultimately to be told and it's not your fault i mean those are like both powerful truths that he needed to hear what else on your list of Another bad mother. Hey. Um, why don't we invite her to dinner? Have her come to stuff. With the fam. Yeah, all the family holidays. After we find out, not only should you forgive her and be friends, but let's invite her to all the family things so you get to face your attacker over yeah. and over again and see how much they love her and treat her perfectly well and by all accounts every time he was forced to be near her she recovered from her amnesia and would yeah. pull him aside and basically like godfather the kid and be yeah. like it good you better keep this under wraps or i'm gonna break your legs like he con so he's con he's been abused he's continued to be abused by her over and over and over again and they know that mm -hmm. and they still want them in the same quarters you Why be reminded up. over and over yeah you brought this one up how about a mother that sees behavior and does nothing sees a, a behavior so egregious that you're so dim-witted that if someone is uh, a little bit charismatic and that can talk quick, you just go, okay, because you don't want to lose your buddy. To walk in and see your child under the covers on a bed with an adult woman and her undies on the floor and, and that you just accept whatever bullshit reason she gives you in the moment, 
what kind of mother is that? That like, can you imagine? I don't even understand. How could that ever be something that seems acceptable in any way? How do I mean? Is it we said dimwitted? Like, is it or is it just like that? Like, is it just gone? Like that didn't actually happen, or did she know what's happening? Like, yeah. what is actually happening? And yeah. she thinks it's fine. Like, what? Oh, I don't even know. It's so. I can't. It's like an acceptance. I think some people are afraid to to face these things. Obviously, there is a general acceptance of behavior because you don't want to believe the bad. Like that's not actually happening, right? Maybe I saw and, that wrong. Right. Denial. A trust, a general trust in people. Yeah. A general belief that people are good, that they're not capable of doing something so egregious, so dirty, so wrong, so terrible. And, and this, I guess this is us being a bit kinder to the mother. Let's, let's give her a benefit of the doubt for a minute. You know, she's a religious woman. She's had a lot of kids. She's, is finding camaraderie or friendship with these women like you want to believe that everything is okay by all like her her marriage is falling apart in some level so she's like up against it and then your kid's not coming to you and telling you that things are happening right i think there is an assumption that your kid's going to come tell you if something so horrible is happening that's making them feel so terrible um would you expect, what God forbid, something to happen to one of your kids? Do you feel like they would come to you to say, is that something that we all just expect? I think that's the hope. But if yeah, when you think about it and what these kids might be going through, especially if there's like th- she was so manipulative with him ever sharing it, putting so much fear in him that he well, couldn't and then there's the even religious share. Component. Yeah. Right. So sex is inherently bad. His body is reacting in ways mm-hmm. that are solidifying that guilt in him that he's he is part of this collusion, as he puts it. So it's like if he tells, he's not only telling on her, he's sort of telling on himself. And I think that's a great fear in kids generally. Yeah. Like it's Which his is, fault. It is the perfect con for a pedophile like her. She's yeah. a pedophile. Yeah. She she's a pedophile that's yeah. walking the earth free with her own children around children. Right now. And he needs he's suffering. He's been suffering for decades. Over yeah. 40 years. Can I tell you a little bit about a behind the scenes? Yes. With this one. So I did the pre-interview with him and sort of at the end of the interview, we started talking about whether he was going to be anonymous or not. Um, in fact, I I remember I straight up asked him, um, are you going to use your name in the, in the interview? And he said, yes. He said, yes, I'm going to use my name. And I said, okay, just so you know, obviously people are going to figure out who the nanny is and 
that it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of fallout from this clearly especially knowing you know all of these people that are involved around this that don't know names or that it's only this family secret like a lot of fallout is going to come from this and he at in that moment he was like i don't care i've had to deal with this my whole life and if fallout comes on her then that's what she deserves and i said great we support you we want you to we always tell people we want you to tell a story how you want to tell it and how you feel comfortable telling it and then he did start to he did start to relent a bit i think i mean as we know he did end up being anonymous so he -hmm. did end up protecting his abuser and he was aware of that because we talked about that too as you know he said maybe i would be anonymous i said if you're doing that you're only doing it to protect your abuser and he agreed that that was terrible. But I think, and he said this in the episode, he th- he thinks he w- he's protecting her kids. He doesn't want the fallout to fall on them because of what their mother did. How do you feel about that? I mean, I that's fine. Uh, Is it? I No, I don't think it's fine. I I mean, like, I respect him because he's gone through so much. And if that's what he wants to do, I think he should do it that way. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd be protecting her kids if it was revealed. I'm a little bit scared that she has kids. Yeah. I don't really know. Like... Are we sure that she wouldn't abuse her own kids? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So is it protecting them exactly. to not reveal or to reveal it? Exactly. I think it's a real miscarriage of justice that he didn't say his name. I really mm-hmm. wish that he would have said his name. Me too. I think he owed it to himself. Because he was initially he was ready to burn the world down. He didn't care. You know, we know that he is protective the way that he put himself on the line for his brother when he saw it start to happen to him. I, I still couldn't tell you exactly why he decided to be anonymous. Yeah. I think it was a bad, I think not a bad decision. I just think. I I don't want to call him a coward because I think he's very brave for telling a story at all. Um, I wish we would have heard more in the episode about that active decision to be anonymous. And maybe that's something we can revisit in a future episode. Maybe we can talk to him again or maybe we can talk to Wit about it. But that was his initial feeling and that changed. It's disappointing, um, yeah. and it could it could be really terrible if there are more victims in the world yeah. because he didn't share it then, and then that he's not sharing it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and that's that's an interesting thing about justice, which he talks about at at the end, the sense of justice. Where, who is justice for? Where does justice belong? 
justice is is for the victim, but there's also justice for the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. They are do they must face justice because we have a justice system in place to protect society. So there's an injustice to society there, you know, injustice to his kids, to other kids that she potentially is around. There's no justice for anyone by keeping this, continuing to keep the secret. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's just, would he report? I mean, if it's, I mean, you know, not to the public, right. If you don't want people to hear about it, um, you know, on a podcast, but would he be willing to report it? Or is that um like I don't know time. what state I don't know what the statute of limitations is. I mean, I feel like that's getting into area that we Yeah. We're not qualified. We don't know anything about that. We know nothing. All I know yeah. is he started off one way and he changed his mind. And I don't know why. Mm. Um what else, T? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's one thing, I guess, you know, inviting. That's another thing, right? Like if I, if I knew or heard that something like that happened to any of my kids, I, I would probably go to prison at that point because of the things that would happen after that, you know, like. Whatever it would be. I mean, I like I it I, I don't even know, you know. I, I would like go insane and do anything I could to punish that person is probably what would happen. Which could be, you know, that or I could report it or something because I feel like the need to like really punish that person. Of course wanna like protect my kid, help yeah. them out, make sure that, you know, all the things there, but like I would feel like they're like vengeful, you know? Yeah. What if you found out the person that touched your kids was also touched as a child? Right, right, right. Yeah. Would that give you any more empathy or grace toward? Maybe a little bit, but not enough. Like I would. <laughs> your yeah. I mean, she was aware that she had yeah. that was happening. She was aware as she was doing it, that it was because she was also abused. Yeah. It's hard, I think, and I'm minimizing it by saying it's hard, I think, um, to reverse or stop, you know. Cycles. Those patterns, like generational patterns. Yeah. But it it was her responsibility to do that. So, like, she should have done something. There's things you can do. Yeah. I think, I think that goes to the religious aspect as well. Like she was also a devout Mormon and I'm not criticizing Mormonism in particular. I mean, not that I'm afraid to, but just the religious component in general, I think because sex is so shrouded in sin and darkness and hell. It makes it that much more interesting. It also makes it that much more easy to 
perpetrate on a person because there are gray areas of where these things land. And then to just be able to ask for forgiveness, it is like it, it roots it out like it never happened. So it just, the cycle can keep continuing. Oh, I feel bad. I touched him again. I'm going to go to my priest or my whoever, whatever a Mormon is. I'm going to go to my guy. I'm not going to say exactly what I did because, you know, it's a crime. But I am going to say I did some shit that I feel bad about. Can you absolve me of my sin? I'll never, you know, you repent. That implies that you're never going to do it again. And then when you do it again, it's just a failure of your flesh. And you just keep going and going and going. When you remove religion from that equation, I feel like it puts you in a place where you really have to face yourself. And she was not able to do that here. You know, I'm really annoyed with religion. Like, like why... Yeah. <laughs> I just feel yeah. like, isn't there, there like the cool Do thing about religion? About this every time, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just I'm like just not to be too logical, but you know, with religion forbid. comes you know some rules. It's so cool. There's like when you don't follow religion, you gotta kind of Figure listen to what you think is right and wrong, yeah. right? So it's a little bit like, ooh, what are you gonna do? Ooh. But with religion, there's like rule, like set rules. Yeah. And I hate that like all these fucking religious people are like, I'm religious. But then what? You just throw all the the rules away when you decide you got to follow the rules. Well, I don't understand. Like, how is it that you stick with it then or don't? Don't do it then. Get out of the religion if you can't, you know, not be a pedophile. Maybe get out of the religion. Why are they all religious? Not to umbrella it. Why are all pedophiles like Christian? Or sorry, all the no, more like is that the weirdest thing? Is that like is is there like I isn't there a rule in one of those pretend books in there yeah. that you shouldn't do stuff like that? Just don't do it. Stop doing it, and it's all these. It's always the same people. What is I, that? Okay, generally, I think compartmentalization happens. The thing about Christians, and I'm going to speak freely as have be, having been one, you get a lot of zhuzh from talking a lot of shit. So I'm at church on Sunday. I'm saying, yes, I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be that way. I praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You feel good. And you kind of get a payoff from just talking. You get a payoff from community. You get a payoff from singing a song. Is And that's not where your payoff is supposed to come from. That's not where you're supposed to get your payoff. Your payoff yeah. is when you live a good life. That's when you're active in religion, when you're when your actions mirror your beliefs. So people separate the two and they feel, oh, I'm doing it. Ooh, I feel good. I'm doing it. Like in church. Ooh, yeah. ooh. And then as soon as they step out of church, and this is a common, you know, criticism of Christians, they go to a Waffle House for dinner and they're complete dicks and don't leave a yeah. tip. And yeah. they don't see how the two, you know, are missing each other. Because they've already got their their good vibes. They don't get it. They're supposed to carry those messages into action. 
Now, sex is a whole other thing because it is something that we all have an urge to do. And you could, if you agree that there's a creator and that God created us and it's all toward like reproduction or whatever, it's a natural, normal thing to have a sexual desire because of course we're going to do that if we want to bone each other to repopulate the earth or whatever, however you think of it. But because we're only supposed to do it in the moment when it's time to do it, it ends up being this super, super decret secret, secret, dirty thing where you're told, even though you're, you feel like you should do it, you're not supposed to do it yet. No, 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 not yet. And not that way and not this way and not that way. It's only this way. You're only supposed to do these feelings and this way with this person at this time. And if you do it out of step with any one of those things, then you're doing something wrong. And there is, I think, an innate thing in us when a lot of people, when you're told you're not supposed to do something, it kind of makes you want to do it a little bit more, right? Like it's a, it's rebellion. It's a natural. Like be an asshole to a waitress and not tip them? No, I'm talking about sex. I know. <laughs> but I, yeah, okay. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, that's just a. That's, that's, that's I don't even. I don't even know if I'm getting anywhere. Just, <laughs> no, no, no. You are. I, 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 I just, derailed a bit. I, no, yeah. but I, yeah. That's a whole other thing. That's just, ironically, you're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage because it is you embellishing your flesh, right? Your your flesh mm-hmm. wants that, and you're giving it. You're not supposed to have. Ironically, when you're a dick at Waffle House, you're also in embellishing your flesh one you're eating at waffle house that's probably not good for you not to criticize the menu at waffle house love waffle house you know as thank you you. one of our sponsors it's not like yogurt (laughs) berries or whatever brought to you by waffle house (laughs) god i love that um it's not you're you're giving it to your flesh in many ways and you're being entitled where's my food why isn't it out fast you know um, you're entitled to, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I've spent my money at church. I don't have money for you. You're entitled to not see that person the way as a human being, because maybe you don't perceive, maybe they have a piercing or their hair is weird or something. You know, you don't perceive, you perceive them as an other outside looking in. So there's all these ways that you're embellishing the flesh, but you haven't characterized it as such. Because it's not obvious, because you're not a thinker, because at some point the Bible told you you got to quit thinking and someone else is going to tell you how to think. And you know, and that's really what they want, inevitably. But I, again, with the not thinking, I lo- it's already telling you all, all the right things places. to do. It's telling you be kind to your brother or whatever. It's telling you the things to do. It's hard. It hurts. What do you mean it hurts? It hurts to put yourself out for someone else sometimes or to even oh, just be nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm but- in a bad mood and everyone's going to know about it. I don't need the good feeling tea that comes from being a nice person because I got the good feeling at church Sunday morning. No, but isn't the fear of God that like they, that this it's God can see you? Oh. They don't see it. It only exists. <laughs> yelling sorry but i thought part of it too is like this idea of going to heaven so yeah 
which seems like a whole thing. Like you're doing all this stuff just so you can get in there, but then you do the other stuff. What? So you compartmentalize that part. It's like, no, that's not going to be part of the the list of things in my life that'll get me in or not into heaven. That's you. So, well, I can't isn't this being? Isn't this being like seeing all that? I understand if you're compartmentalizing, but if you yeah. truly believe in stuff, things you do that people can't see count, yeah. right? Yeah. And then that'll determine if you get to go to heaven, which is, I think, the main, one of the main things. I think the main thing is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't know about Mormonism, but I can speak oh. to oh, accepting. The evangelicals. That's like, they're like a one saved. So it's not about going saved. into heaven. One saved, always saved. Jesus. These words are so confused. I'm not. <laughs> Jesus um. died on the cross for our sins, past, present, and future. Gotcha. He, so this is even more radical than just a once saved, always saved. There are p- components or there are facets of religion called the doctrine of inclusion, which says you don't have to do shit. Jesus died on the sin, oh. on the cross for our sins, past, present, future. Whether future. you acknowledge you it or not. It has been done. It was a sacrifice for your sorry ass, and you don't even have to acknowledge it. Because when God looks down on his people, he doesn't see a multitude of sins. He only sees the blood. He only sees the blood of Jesus. Okay. So that one, I get it. Cool. Then act that way. That, that, okay. Now that makes sense to me. So do all the bad things then, because it doesn't matter. That helps me way more than like. Okay. I'm so glad I could help. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't more help than, me at all. <laughs> more than like, you know, I'm a devout, you know, I do. I don't know. Just never trust a person that claims that they are anything. I'm a good person. I'm a fun person. I'm a Christian person. If someone has to tell you what they are, they That's are not what they are. the thing. Ever, never trust it. Let them show you who they are, and they always will. I like okay. that. I like that. Okay. What other are there what any is... other major items that we want to talk about from no. the episode? Um, you know, uh, with this happening, it really emotionally distanced him. Right? Yeah. From his family, they called him the robot. When you know, in the beginning of his life, right? He was, he was spry and outgoing. Love like gymnastics, kind of yeah, yeah. Like that's what it's I'm saying. Big hand. personality change. That's a yeah. it's a red flag. I think like another if, bad mother. Yeah, if your kid goes from walking around on his hands in the house and full of energy to like not happy, wanting happy. to go. Yeah. And turning inward on himself. Can we at least have a conversation about it? Not be like, all right, I don't care what you do. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And then there's the, the, the kid broke my heart, you know, that his friend's mother that straight up asked him, there's something going on here. What's going on? And he had this, there was this moment where he could have changed everything, but he was just too afraid to say, and then to walk around, he talks about, he walked around with a secret 
constantly looking at other people going, they don't have what I have, this terrible, horrible specialness, you know, this otherness that's terrible. What a burden. What a terrible burden for a kid to walk around with. Um, Do we want to talk about his therapy to finish it up, finish up the, yeah, we'll do, then we'll do, um, social media comment. Sure, 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 sure. Did you prepare or do we need to come back for that? No, I prepared. Oh shit. You didn't. It's okay because we we should still do it. You can do it live. There's gotta be. There's an interesting, there's a lot of stuff about this one. Um, People are pissed, right? That he didn't bust this bitch out. Right. Well, Okay, Not we'll necessarily, but Let's there is a, like a weird miscommunication that ended up being like a fight. And, you know, like to Ooh, see that. That sounds good. But I got mad too. And I was like, oh, why'd you say it like that? You know, <laughs> it's just like weird. Um. Anyway, uh, therapy, therapy. Yeah. So his ther- first therapist was terrible. What's going Said. on with this therapist? Yeah, he should lose his license. Um, but the good therapist, you know, to advise him to tell his family in the effort to protect him, but I think also to protect the other kids in the family, I think obviously that's a good therapist. That's yes. good advice. Always yes. tell. Um, and then he went through parts therapy, which I'd never heard of. And Is that the EDM thing? He said there were two kinds of therapy, parts and EDM. Oh, what's parts? I don't know. Look it up. Google that. Have you tried um, ChatGPT yet? Oh, my God, dude. Um, (laughs) No, but a friend of mine sent me, he, he basically said to the chat, like, write me a script about XYZ, and it just... Yeah. Put out a script. Yeah. Um, Sarah, I was telling my sister Sarah about it. She had to write this job description for the company she works for. Yeah. She went to it and was like, hey, help me write this job description. You like including all these things. It wrote out perfectly. Yeah. It wrote out perfectly. And it's not like you can copy and paste it. No one like. Yeah. That's not plagiarism. I know it just yeah. scours the internet for you, basically. Yeah. Um, I talked to my friend Brett. He said that he's used it already to write, like, to at least give him a good starting point to write a couple emails, like technical emails that he had to write. He mm-hmm. just asked it to do it. How do you feel about it? All day, I'm, all day. I'm, I'm using it. Of it. Don't be You're afraid. Using it all day. We're friends. Me and ChatGPT are friends. Yeah, we're friends. We brainstorm together. It validates some of my ideas. I also validate. Um, I say, who are you? Pro tip, by the way, pro tip on ChatGPT because it's learning from us. You know, I um, I thank it when it when it helps me. I say thanks to teach it like gratitude. We're gonna have to talk about this more. I'm just saying, offline. I don't like it. No, you'll love it. I use it for every single thing, anything, anything, everything, everything, anything. I could see how for your line of work. Not just work. What do you, what? What? Everything. Anything. 
I'm scared of you right now. <laughs> Your eyes look weird. I, I'm, I'm everything I'm saying to you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> though it, oh, it's helped me so many things. I can't. Okay. That's we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. Just saying. I bet if, yeah. if I wonder, you know, if I was like, this is something happening personally, I wonder what it would say. Anyway. Oh, but I did. I did actually ask it some stuff. Um, anyway, about we'll talk about life. it. Yeah, like more personal um, stuff. Okay, so what is part helpful. therapy? Oh, so I was just wondering, maybe you should ask ChatGPT, not Google it. Mm. Okay, let me do it. I'm not ready yet. Well, you're not probably on it either. No, there's a lot. Take a about, second. Read about I did ask it if it listens to podcasts. I'm just like um, making conversation randomly. Okay, what is parts therapy? It's a lot of words, but let's just do a general. Parts work is a kind of therapy that addresses differences and conflicts and agendas between parts that are usually responsible for gridlock in your emotional healing. Take Samantha, for example. She comes in super motivated to resolve a childhood trauma and reprocess a specific memory and resolve the anxiety she feels. As she describes, my skin often feels like it's crawling and I know there's an underlying reason for it. We begin to do some work, but there is always a distraction, a blockage, or self-sabotaging behavior that comes up that interferes with what Samantha came in to resolve. I'm not going to read all this. What does okay. ChatGPT say about it? Um, I guess it's kind of similar. Um, part therapy is a type of therapy that helps clients identify and work with different parts of themselves that may have conflicting beliefs, emotions, or behaviors. It's based on the idea that people are made up of different parts, each with their own unique characteristics and motivations. In, th in parts therapy, a therapist may guide the client through a process of identifying and naming different parts of themselves, such as the critical part, the anxious part, or the confident part. The therapist may then help the client understand the role and function of each part and work with them to create a dialogue between the parts. Okay. I don't get it. You know, you could do things like, uh, I guess I get it, but you could do things like, how would you explain, let me do that. How would you explain parts therapy to a five-year-old, you know? Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good, right? Oh, okay. Let's try this one. You ready? Yeah. Parts therapy is a type of therapy where we talk to different parts of ourselves to help us feel better. Just like how we have different body parts like our arms and legs, we also have different parts inside of us that make us who we are. Sometimes these parts can feel sad or scared or angry, but by talking to them, we can help them feel better and help ourselves feel better too. It's like having a conversation with different characters in a storybook to make the story happier or more fun. Okay. Um, a lot of people were talking about how to get her charged, but like we talked about, like the statute of limitations and stuff. We don't yeah. know what state it is, but there's 
I'd say like if oh my god, hold on. Uh-oh. Sorry. Um, yeah, a ton of people just, you know, wanted justice. Um, again, we're getting some folks who said they couldn't finish the episode or they couldn't listen to the episode. It was so disturbing. Um Oh, can I read this one? Yeah, yeah. This is the one I was talking about. Um, I won't even, I'm not going to identify who says it's stuff, or maybe I should because if they go back and forth. Yeah, because then it's, it's funny too when you so, like, <laughs> kind of call people out. Okay. So Jolene W says, he wasn't forced, he chose. Wait, what? So, yeah. So I had to open up those like replies because I'm like, what? what? The hell? So Sandra N says, "He was a child. He can't give consent." Truth. Thank you for Truth. that, Sandra. Oh, oh, oh no! I lost it. Oh no! Freaking you. <laughs> me. I'm talking to me, I guess. Mm. Oh shite. I'm gonna have to do it again, but you just oh. cut cut this part, you know. No, it. I accident. I'm so excited. I accidentally closed the window. Um, <laughs> We're keeping that in. So excited. Okay. What is this point blank stuff, by the way? It's the series on a shooting, like a mass shooting that happened that we're doing a special series about. So it's like a special series within. So it's the same format, like same single storyteller, but it's all different point of view of the same like mass shooting that happened in Rancho Tama. Okay. Are we going to do those? What are you doing? Okay. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. We're going to do those. Okay. Good. Oh God. Okay. Anyway. So he was a child. He can't give consent. Right. So then Jolene W says, I'm not talking about the act. Of course, that's abuse. I'm talking about him not telling. That's the title. He was forced to keep the secret. He chose to keep the secret. And I know you guys work on the titles. Um, that's right. So that's something. That was intentional. But yes, I bet it was. Sandra Ann's coming back. Uh-oh. He kept a secret because of the shame, guilt, when he was a child. Now being an adult, he told his family about his abuse. His family should cut all ties with this with his pedophile and she should be reported, but that's up to him. That was my whole point of making my post. Oh, she said something. I don't know what she said originally. And then Jolene W said, yeah. And my point is that he chose to keep the secret. He wasn't forced. I'm like, yeah, we heard that part. Do you have more? And then there's like, not more. Oh wait, there is. Oh, Ooh. Oh my God. Jolene W you need to stop. So Shana L is like, he was coerced under threat of being punished by his parents. That's what she said would happen, right? It goes on and on. Very good points about coercion. And then Jolene W. It's like, he chose not to tell. Like, okay, now it's the third time. Is it the fourth time you said that? So Sandra Ann comes in. Yeah, Shana L., I was wondering the same thing. What is Jolene W. trying to say? Jolene W. 
Sandra Ann, pretty sure I've said it several times. He was not forced. He chose not to tell. Does that clear it up? No. Sandra N. Jolene W. LOL. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fun. (laughs) Isn't that fun? I'm like, what are you... Why, why, Jolene? Typical conversation <laughs> on Facebook. He, yeah, obviously he was forced. Also, yeah. he is a child. I mean, you could say he was forced to choose to not tell. Yes, I mean that's I good. Think, I mean, we're gonna start getting into things, but like. What is the nature of choice? Isn't there freedom around making a choice with all information and agency to do so? If you don't have that, how are you able to make a choice freely? Yes. You, you can't. Yeah, Jolene. W. No. W. Oh, L. I don't know. W. Um, great. Should we it there? Oh, you've got more. Oh. You know, so I'm trying to direct the edit as it's happening now. Oh, sorry. Yeah, now that you <laughs> have to do time codes. Now that I have to do time codes, I'm like cutting the fat. Okay, now I... Come on. What you got? No, I... Well, I was... I thought that this person knew the family. Ooh. But oh, it's did not try to blast him. I don't know. No, 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 it's not that. Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our our episodes where podcasts are kept. Thanks to Anonymous for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and the maker of our music, Nathaniel Tromboli. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com and search for us on Instagram and TikTok. We might have accounts by now. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. Love it. And don't forget, oh. we're not doctors. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I, I, you want to do it again? That part? Don't forget. Okay. Oh, <laughs> don't, but don't forget. We're not doctors. Good job. Hey, thank you. Hey, thank you.